down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Goodis-Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? This is huge news for the Wednesday pod, Andrew, because we have never had this entire season two games from Monday to Wednesday. It's true. It's a first. Now, we're not going to talk about one of them at all, (laughs) but we could theoretically have two games. We could do it. There's one of those games that was so bad. I've yes. wiped it from my memory. Dude, it was the that was the first game, talking about the Warriors game, of course. Yeah. Uh that I stopped watching. Mm. I turned it off in the fourth quarter and I watched a 20-minute video of a guy on YouTube making pizza. <laughs> and that's what I chose <laughs> to do with the rest of my night. It's a much better option. Yeah. A much better option. Uh we're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about the Thunders 133 to 130 win in Los Angeles on LeBron night, man. It was on LeBron night, like two days before the deadline, like just a packed oh, week. Andrew. It's great. It was a it was a great win, especially coming off the loss. Second out of a back to back, too, for the Thunder. Yeah. And they they meant business, man. They meant business. We can talk about the LeBron stuff and all that. I'm sure you can listen to 10,000 podcasts about that today. We're going to talk about the Thunder mostly. The Thunder wanted this game and you can tell and you, you tweeted this. You could tell by the way that Mark coached it and the way that he ran the rotations. Dude, it was awesome. Like, I, I tweeted that out, and I didn't mean, like, these are going to be the eight guys who he would play in a playing game. Just that he really only played eight guys. Yeah. And I started to go back, but then I gave up after, like, through, going through, like, ten box scores. Uh-huh. I, don't think, I don't think this has happened yet this year. Like where he only basically played eight guys. He did play nine guys because Trey Mann played five minutes. Yeah. But, but for all intents and purposes, he played eight guys. He played J Dub forty minutes yeah. in a basketball game. <laughs> and he was that awesome. alone was like, wow. Yeah. If this might be or that might have been the first true game of consequence. Yeah. Like from their perspective, based on how they approached it. Yeah. Mark Mark wanted to win this one. Like he he gave Trey a just like a few minutes, like, okay, let's see if Trey's got it. It's like, Trey yeah. doesn't got it. Gave him the hook. And, it, man, it was really fun to see this team play this way. Especially, so this the game was weird. The league clearly said the game is secondary. The game itself is secondary to what's going on. And they made that extremely clear with 10 seconds left in the third quarter. They let they did the whole LeBron celebration and rightfully so. Like I'm not going to be the one that's going to sit up here and gripe about what are they? Why don't they wait till the end of the game? You know, like God, come on, like this is going to happen. Like if this this may not happen again in our lifetime that somebody is able to do this. It, it shouldn't. It's it's I an mean, absurd I remember, record. It's an absurd. Well, I remember record. growing up, you know, especially like when LeBron was like in his mid twenties. 
when people used to talk about this record and they look at who the next guy could potentially be, they would talk about LeBron, but then you'd start to do the math. And back then it seemed impossible. It yeah. was like, there's no way he's going to get there. Yeah, he's not going to do this at 38. Like, yeah. sorry. Like this. Is, and he, he's going to play more, you know, he's going to play a lot more. And this record's going to be even more unattainable, you know, as the years go on, because he'll probably play two, three. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he played four more years, just the way that he physically looks. Okay. I know. And and with Poku's injury, I mean, he's so far behind the ball right now. When he comes <laughs> back, he's really going to have to start just putting in <laughs> Hey, Poku's the work. strolling down the street in OKC with his girlfriend. So it's a... It's a <laughs> yeah, that, I hope that was safe. I hope someone was paying attention to the cars behind them or maybe they were on the side of the road where the cars would be coming towards them and then it would be safer i guess i don't think they were looking watching that little i don't even know if you can call it a video it was like barely a video yeah (laughs) with poku we're talking about this video poku posted on instagram of he and his girlfriend walking down the middle of the road in downtown oklahoma city john hollinger got in there and made fun of oklahoma city (laughs) It is one of the nice things. You can just walk around. You can just walk (laughs) anywhere. You can can just close your eyes and just walk, (laughs) and you're going to be just fine. Um, But yeah, this game was unreal. I mean, the I mean, Shea was unbelievable. He had 32 and eight, two steals. Giddy, I thought was was awesome in this game. Ten of nineteen from the field, twenty points, five boards, six assists. Obviously, J Dub was incredible. It's a career high six steals in this game. Dude, that that was that was what was so awesome about this game was every single guy showed up. Yeah. And I I'm, I'm really interested to see what the ratings were for that game. Yeah. Because I have a feeling this is the most amount of people that have watched the Thunder since 2016. Now oh, I probably, I know that that seems true. like no, no, no. crazy because they played no. in playoff games since then, but a lot of those playoff games like, like, especially like if you think back to the bubble year, like those ratings weren't good. Mm-mm. And so I wonder if you have to go all the way back to 2016 when they were in the conference finals that this many people watched this team. I would, which bet, is, I would bet a lot of money that that's the case, which is awesome because yeah. that's like when you're a fan of a team that is going through a, a deep rebuilding process like this. You just want like, and, and things start to turn around. You just want p- other people outside of your fan base to take notice. Like, no, hey, notice me. <laughs> yeah, and so this just lined up so perfectly with how this team is playing these these last couple months outside of the Warriors game, um, and for it to all come together last night, yeah, was just so great. Like everyone, like. <laughs> I have to imagine there are national people who were seeing the Thunder, maybe not for the first time, but for like the first handful of times, yeah. who came away from that game being like, wow, the Thunder's young core is really good. I didn't realize how good this young core is because yeah. everyone showed up. Like, I saw people tweeting about J-Will. J-Will. Like, J-Will a month was, ago, was we, wouldn't, awesome. we wouldn't have been talking about J-Will. No, we were not. He was, he was on one. Last night, he he was putting up like his G League numbers when we used to talk about like wow J Will just did something crazy in the G League. Yeah, that was last night. He had fourteen seven and seven. <laughs> he was that's nuts. He was really good, and he hit two threes. He had two steals, and he got to the line four times. It feels like he never misses now. Right now, he's <laughs> he's just been on one, and that's he is. It's great, and he the passing stuff. So like the, the stuff that's sustainable is. The passing, the defense. You know, he took a charge on LeBron. 
uh, yeah, which cool. is pretty cool. All that stuff is super sustainable. I don't know about the shooting. Like I, I don't know about the shooting. Joe at Joe Masato and I talk about it like almost ever after every game. And he's like, "What do you think?" <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't believe it yet. I just need to see more. But well, it's kind of like Giddy's thing. Where, yeah, like you're happy when Giddy's shot is going down. But then you look up, Jay tweeted this to our, our group chat this morning that he's shooting 27% since January 1st. Yeah. So I think Jay Will's in that same boat where you kind of have to prepare yourself mentally. Like there's going to be a downswing at yeah. some point. Yeah. 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 Yanni in the chat said that Jay, Jay Will legitimately outplayed Anthony Davis. <laughs> Dude, he did. What, what, what a, you, what a I, crazy I you sentence. That, <laughs> I saw you sent that picture that Justin Rowan posted. Yeah. Um, I guess Anthony Irwin, yeah, Irwin. Um, had originally posted it. And it looks it looks like a photo of AD on the sideline. Like That's not... a video. Oh, it's a video. Oh, I didn't even know there was a video. You got to watch the it. video because what happens what is, is he's standing up as LeBron's bringing the ball up the court and he gets to that step back on Kenrich, makes yeah. the shot, and then AD immediately sits down. Really? Yes. Like sits down on the bench after he makes the shot. Like saw that he made the shot and then went and sat down on the bench. The only guy sitting down. Well, he must be a big Kareem fan. <laughs> Just can't that, believe that somebody would do this to Kareem. I mean, listen, he wasn't like, it wasn't a total no-show. Like he had 13-8, two assists, two steals, and a block. Oh, but, but that's it's Anthony Davis. That's a no-show. He took nine shots. Well, it was just like if you if you thought about this team's strengths and weaknesses throughout this season. Yeah, obviously we we target like these big centers as the guys who scare us the most. Like, oh my gosh, what is Embiid going to do against us? Oh my gosh, what is Jokic going to do against us? Mm. I feel like AD would probably be like around third on that list, or maybe fourth behind Giannis. And for him to come out and just he's just a guy. He laid an he's egg, just a, man. He was bad. A regular guy out there. He he was like fine. I was rewatching the game and he was like fine in the first quarter. And then it just kind of evaporated. I yeah. just didn't even notice him. Yeah. I for, I would forget that he was on the court. And this yeah. is this is a huge game for them, not just because of LeBron, but like they're right there with us in the standings. Yeah. They have to pass us. This is a chance to make up an entire game on us. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't seem well, it seemed like one team wanted it a lot more. Yeah, it felt like a big letdown after because the the crowd was so into it. Like there was so much like emotion in like almost yeah. every possession that LeBron had, and it I LeBron was obviously just like completely gassed <laughs> after that. He was done. Like he took himself out of the game, and he was just like, "Yeah, this I'm I'm done." Westbrook like kept going. Like Russ played well last night, and you know, gave them even a chance there at the end, but you know, nobody else seemed to really have it going. Like Schroeder wasn't very good last night. Rui was fine. Um, but yeah, it was this this Lakers roster is just really bad. <laughs> it's just a really it is. when you have to play and like no offense to Troy Brown Jr., but like Troy Brown should not be playing twenty two minutes for your basketball team. You know? <sighs> Probably not. Probably not. He's an old wizard. There's a lot of wizards, old wizards way on this too, team. That's, that's the other thing. It's like, there's way too many wizards, man. Like, there's there's a lot of wizard energy on much. this team. There's way too much. Uh, oh, you can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk. Get the athletic for $1 a month for six months. 
my guy Eric Name, who covers the Bucks, was there at the mm-hmm. was uh, in L.A. He's there for the Bucks Lakers game later this week, but uh, wrote a piece about Kenrich Williams being the guy to defend LeBron and just be cemented in history as someone to uh, who who contested the shot that went down. So well, it's it's funny when that, that when that play happened and you realized it was going to be Kenrich who was going to be like in the photo. Yeah, I just thought back to your interview with him. And like just how psyched he was to be in the position he he was in yeah. in the NBA. And as people were saying, like, oh man, that's a bummer that like, is the guy in that video or the guy in that shot. I was thinking like he's probably like when he thinks about it, he's probably pretty pumped <laughs> that like he was that guy uh, in the in that piece of history of NBA history coming from where he came from. Yeah, to now be. I know it's not like him hitting the shot to be the record leader. But just to be like a part of that moment is pretty cool. Yeah. I have to imagine. Well, he admitted that after the game. So he, Eric talked to him after the game and he said, I told my wife, you can take it two ways, you know. You hold them under what he needed to score. What was that, 36? Or yeah. you can be a part of history. He said, so I guess I'll always, I'm always looking at the positives. I'm part of history. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I had a feeling he would, he would take it that way. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 the best. I, I and Mark like kind of gushed about him too after the game. And like this is all in Eric's piece. I don't want to read the whole piece to everybody because I want you to go read it because it's really read good. it out, Andrew. But this is what this is what he said about Kenrich. He said you can never plan it, but one thing I'll say about Kenrich is when I think about him as a competitor, his vulnerability as a competitor is one of his best qualities. He doesn't back away from a challenge and doesn't fear failure. I think it's fitting that his nose is in the fight on that play. It's like, yeah, that's a great way to kind of illustrate Kenrich and who he is to this team. Uh, it was and you cool. know, Th- Thunder fans before that game were rightly talking about how Dort's loss would probably be definitely felt tonight. Yeah. And it was like, oh, LeBron's probably going to do it. Um, but how it ended up was kind of perfect. Yeah. Where you still got to be a part of that moment as as a Thunder player or as a, as a Thunder fan watching it. Oh yeah. Um, but you but you still also got to see all your young guys just completely excel mm-hmm. on the biggest stage for them so far. I mean, I think the win in Philadelphia when they were when Philly was completely healthy is probably like the more impressive basketball win. No question. But in terms of like the amount of attention on this game. I mean, I think it was like over 200 credentialed media members. Like the the amount of people watching this game would be equivalent to a playoff game. Yeah. And to see Oklahoma City take it as seriously as a playoff game with their rotations and meet that challenge, I mean, that is huge. Like this is this has to be one of the most memorable wins of the season when when, when we get to the end of the season. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And just the fact that, again, like circling back to the way that Mark coached this game. Like he wasn't so, messing around, he wasn't so. messing around. Like no Baisley, not playing either of the two way guys. Like gave Trey Mann like a quick hook, yes, and yes. like there's part of you that does think like, man, if they they could just they could use probably one more guy. But it's like, oh yeah, Dort, you know, could have played in this game had he been healthy. And like yeah, yeah, I think like that's kind of their. I think one if there's more a playing game tomorrow, or not tomorrow. I guess whenever Dort gets healthy. Mm-hmm. 
you would see Dort playing 30 plus minutes and they'd probably take out Wiggins as minutes and maybe J-Dub wouldn't play 40 and then you would take out Trey Mann. Like you could come up with an eight man rotation pretty quickly. Yeah. That makes sense. But the good thing is like you have a guy like Aaron Wiggins that I think you trust to play. Yeah. You know. Because before, I, man, I, you're just thinking about, and this, and this isn't even like the full Thunder team. Like this is not. There's no Chet. There's no the upcoming draft pick. They still have a ton of picks, but they already have like a a group of nine guys that you're like, yeah, I would actually trust all of them in a game that really matters. And if they lose, who cares? Like I trust. Like, like, it's is it weird to say that I'm already like I kind of trust Jay Will in this situation well andrew in the game thread last night on discord multiple people i saw throughout the game were asking whether he was a guy is he approaching guy status <laughs> i mean a- it's ama- amazing if if he if he is approaching guy status this is like one of the quick turnarounds from not a guy Does to it, a guy it feels that-, that way right like it feels like a very quick turnaround from a from somebody who i was saying weeks ago that I'm not sure he's even going to make it on the roster. And now I think it was it was easy to say, yeah, we need Jeremiah Robinson roll back. And I'm not saying like that J-Rob is like done because you know. Right, but J. it Will feels like well. a real battle now. Yes. When JR in a way that it didn't before. Like it, it yes. felt like J-Will was almost like just a placeholder. Like he, he was he was soaking up those minutes while Jerry was out. Mm-hmm. Jerry was going to be the default option yeah. when he came back. Now, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Because J-Will has been playing so well. And especially like as long as he's <laughs> his threes at a 50% rate or whatever. You play him 31 you minutes. You have to roll with it. Yeah. And j- the passing stuff, though, is, like, is the real thing. Is that you can give him the ball kind of at the nail and let him find guys. Yeah, and the fact that you know he's second in assists last night. I mean, you look at the starting lineup; it's is pretty crazy. Seven assists for Jay Will, two for Jay Dub, five for Kenrich, eight for Shea, and six for Josh Giddy. Like this is this is what they want. Like this is the model of how they want to play. It's like everybody can make a decision. I've I've been hammering that point home so much like here and then on the dream team especially the where mckelly and i are doing draft prospects on the dream team draft show and like every single guy that we get to it's like okay like you have to check the can they make a decision box and if and if they don't they won't play like they're not going to play on the thunder that's just not going to happen and a guy like jay will is like showcasing that like yes like this is a decision maker and was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing last night. Um, and then J-Dub as well. J-Dub, man. He continues to really impress. The shot making, his three-pointer falling, the fact that he took six threes. which The fact that he took 19 shots. Yeah, that he took 19 shots too. Took more shots than Shea. Like that, it was incredible. Like It was incredible to see him play that way. On that big stage again, twenty-five, seven, and two with six steals and a block. I mean, he's if his ceiling is a lot higher than certainly I thought after the draft, but like it kind of continues to grow as the season goes on. Yeah, he he's giving me vibes of like uh, 
almost like a Desmond Bain, like totally different players, but just in terms of the idea with Desmond Bain was like, oh, this is an older guy. Like he's, the ceiling isn't going to be as high with him. And then like very quickly you realize, oh, we, we could have misjudged this guy's ceiling. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot higher than we thought. And the fact that he's, you know, 22 or whatever, we shouldn't have worried about that at all. Yeah. Um, and with, with J-Dub, you know, J-Dub's 21. He's going to be yeah. 22 on April 14th. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the development we've seen through this season, I mean, since December 29th, so that is now 20 games, he's shooting 37% from three. So that's finally starting to come up. Yep. The finishing, though, is absurd. There were some crazy finishes last night. And like early in the season, I kept looking at his rim numbers because they would be like hovering around 70%. It's like, like how good is he like is this a low number of attempts but you saw it in a game like last night where he had a crazy finish over thomas bryant mm-hmm. where he like fully extended his arm mm-hmm. to get up over him he had a finish over lebron and someone else on like kind of a fast break transition play and and even lebron after that play you could see was like kind of pissed he was like how did how did he get around me and there were multiple plays. Like there were even more plays. Like every finish he had last night at the rim was super impressive. It really was. in a way that I mean, the only person on the team that would rival him would be Shea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know like where to place his ceiling as a player, but just to have a guy who's six foot six that can handle like he does, that can pass like he does, that can do all of those things, and. And what you're starting to see, and you kind of saw it last night, is to be a disruptive force on defense. Like, yeah, there's been questions about his defense, and you kind of look at him and go, like, well, it's, it might work out just because he's six six and has like a seven two or whatever wingspan. Mm-hmm. And last night was a game where that wingspan was like on full display, like jumping into passing lanes, getting out on the break, having that type of a player is just so exciting. Like. He, because he doesn't need to be the second best player on this team, probably. Like, if, no. if we feel the way we feel about Chet, like he doesn't have to be the number two, and yet he could potentially be down the road. He definitely could be, but is also totally okay if he's the fourth best player. <laughs> yeah, on the team. But yeah, seeing him take that number of shots. I mean, he was tied. It's crazy. This has to be the first time this season this has happened where Shea is third in shot attempts. Yeah. Like J Dub and Giddy both took 19 shots, and then Shea was there at 17. Um, that that in and of itself, and then it happened on this stage, was really exciting. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was very cool to see. And the thing the the coolest thing about him is that he always finds ways to contribute. Like even if the shots not falling, even if he's not taking a lot of shots, like he's always finding ways to contribute to the game and to the team. And so like, those are those are just really unique qualities for a guy like him. And I think, and Mark has even said in the past that they have to kind of force him to be aggressive with his shot at times. And, yeah. you know, when he, and we saw last night what it could be like if he does. And then also there's, there's going to be room for him to connect everybody as well. Like everybody likes to talk about connector pieces in the NBA, and like he's definitely that, but he's also way more than that. You know, it's it's pretty impressive that they have this guy with Shea and Giddy, and then you bring in Chet. 
Like that's a pretty ridiculous young core. Like, is there what young core would you rather have in the NBA today? Talking about guys that are like twenty four and younger. Yeah, I mean, I think the only team that even gets close is Orlando, um, because I do think with Paulo and Franz and whoever they add, yeah, in this next draft, like all of a sudden that trio, obviously, especially if they get you know Wembenyama or Scoot, like that yeah. trio will be really formidable. And and then you still like a lot of the other guys like uh, Junior, and so th- there's Dude, I I so I talked to. Uh, I've got become friends with a guy who's an Orlando Magic fan. He, really? Yes. And he hates Wendell Carter Jr. Dude, I I have heard I, I, I said someone DM me and I think they were a Orlando fan yeah. asking about Wendell Carter Jr. trades. And I just didn't get it. They hate him. He said he Why? he would like for him. They, he said, I'd trade him for nothing today. Oh, my If I gosh. could. Just to get him off the team. Like, he just needs to be gone. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I feel like this person has personal beef. Yeah. So, I, it's, I thought that was really interesting. Because, like, I would think the same thing. Especially, like, watching them a few times this year. It's like, yeah. Like, he's a good player. But, like... Well, but also, like, their splits... Like the the on off numbers with him and Franz and Paulo have have continued to be good the whole season. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely not like an obvious you have to get rid of them thing. <laughs> I know. I just found that to be really interesting. Um, no, that's that's weird. Uh, but yeah, like other than the Magic, like they're the only team that I really feel like can have the potential to challenge OKC for that title. Yeah. Once they get whoever they get. In this upcoming draft, yeah, yeah, that will determine a whole lot, you yeah. know, about it. Um, but yeah, you look at everybody else. Like, I'm just trying to even think, like, what other young teams and their cores? I mean, that you would. Say? I guess. Yeah, how old is Jared Allen now? <laughs> yeah, Cleveland was definitely that. one. Like, even just Mobley and. I mean, well, okay, okay. Garland, the Grizzlies, obviously, you know. we should mention the Grizzlies with Ja, Bain, and Triple J. That's definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. That that trio is is definitely like the best one today. I would say, yeah, because um, those guys are all youngish still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the best that? young core. He's twenty four. Yeah, um, the Thunder have the chance to. Eventually, I think they have a chance to jump the Grizzlies with the addition of Chet and like the growth of the guys they have. Yeah, um, which seems, which might seem crazy and like like a very Homer take, but I just, I don't, I really don't think it's when you like really take a look at it and like what the Thunder have like of substance with their young guys. I'm not even factoring in like Jang or. Poku or Trey Man or any of those guys like actually figuring it out. Like you can use, you can take all those guys and just toss them to the side and say like what the Thunder actually have, what you feel good about with Shea and Giddy and J Dub and Chet and Dort. And like that is that's quite a group that can grow together. And they can still get a meaningful piece in this next draft. And 
you know, I mean, the Thunder showed last year in a draft that people weren't completely enthused with, I would say. Um, this next draft, people love the draft itself. The depth, like through like fifteen, people really like. Oh, I know. I was I was joking on Discord because I feel like I see one of these tweets every week about like some guy, like it could be like Jarris Walker, yeah. and and one of the draft people will be like, he is a definite top five pick. But I'll see <laughs> that tweet about a different guy every single week. Like there's so many guys out there. Uh-huh. people would at least consider as a top five pick. Yeah, there, there are some really good players in this draft. And, you know, even if, like right now, the Thunder would have the 12th pick. I mean, that's where they took J-Dub. If they got a player, and I'm, I wouldn't expect them to get a player like the caliber of J-Dub, I think that's an unrealistic expectation for pick 12. But if you just got a contributor, like a, like a good contributor at 12, like you still feel really good. You don't going into this season. I kind of felt like, man, they really need to get another top five pick to feel good about where this is all going. Like you don't really even like have to have that. It'd be great to have that. I mean, it would make this team ridiculous, but you can even add, I don't know. Anthony black, I think will be there. And I know people are hot and cold on him, but like, I think he's going to be a really good pro. Like you just add one more key contributor to this team, and it's like, man, like, watch out! Like this Thunder team could be really good really fast. And a you lot know, of that Andrew, is because you, uh, Jada. You just mentioned kind of like the core pieces when you're talking about the young core, and mm-hmm. I realize you tried to sneak something by me, mm-hmm. which is that you didn't include Isaiah Joe uh, in that conversation. <laughs> and Andrew, what does he have to do? Okay, what does he have to do for you to consider him part of the core? He goes out. On the biggest stage of his career last night, he was great. It's five three pointers. Yeah, plus fifteen, best plus minus on the team. Which in this case, plus minus means everything. <laughs> Sometimes it means nothing, but in this case, it means everything. What does he have to do, Andrew? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because He's he really forty five percent from three on 4.6 attempts Here, per game and he's not a complete sieve on defense he can handle a little bit he's a, a willing passer he yeah. has thrown down some just shocking dunks just some of the most shocking dunks i've ever seen in in my life <laughs> i he's dunked four times this year and all four were just like life changing for me. Um, he has more dunks than Trey Mann this season. Is that true? That is true. That is true. Trey Mann has three dunks this season. Trey Mann usually has has good dunks though. That one he had very recently was was great. Yeah, his yeah that that dunk that he had was it like a week and a half ago or something that yeah that should have counted as like ten dunks. But that was great. Um, yeah, I I like Isaiah Joe. I like him, and he's still young. That's like a good reminder. Like he's he, he and Dort are the same age. Um, wow. If, I mean, I don't know. You have him on a cheap contract. The, he is the kind of player that we have talked about for since the beginning of Thunder time, of like having he, a guy like him on the roster, right? 
Dude, I mean, after Shea, just in terms of reliability, I don't know if there's someone that I trust more than Isaiah to Joe, <laughs> Isaiah Joe, to do what they do. Just to do what they do. I'm not wow. saying he's better than J-Dub or better than Giddy. I'm just saying when he comes in, I know what he's doing, and I know that like nine times out of ten, he is going to hit his threes. Uh-huh. Like He'll have these random off games, but more often than not, it's games like last night. I mean, last night was kind of exceptional, taking 10 threes and hitting half of them. Um, he takes 81% of his shots from three. That's it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, I, yeah I, 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 just, I, I like just, him too. I like him too. Like, if you were to place these players in like an order of like, I want, not even necessarily like predicting who's going to be here, but yeah, like yeah. predict, like, these are the players that I want to be here on the team when this team is competing in the playoffs. Like who? He might be fourth, Andrew. He might no, be fourth no, 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 he's not. No, no. Oh, wait, not. okay, fifth. I, I forgot about Chet. Well, name them, name them. Shea, Chet, Giddy, J-Dub, Isaiah Joe. That doesn't mean I think he's better than Dort. That doesn't mean I think that. I think it does. I think that's exactly what no, it means. No, it doesn't. It's no, it exactly doesn't. You it said the, that I want to be. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah, you I want won't. the better player? <laughs> <laughs> no. It doesn't. No. Because if that was the question, you should have just asked, rank these players by how good they are. That's okay, we'll rank question. the players how good they are. <laughs> you said rank them by how much you want them to be <laughs> on the next version. You know what? Number six, Poku. Okay? I want... Poku. That's true. Poku might be number one. <laughs> I just want to see Poku be successful in this life. Oh man. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. He I I just am for whatever reason I'm just cautious with my Isaiah Joe. Yeah, and I don't like it. I, I don't, don't know. I don't really it. I can't really like I don't I can't really figure out why. Um, it's a problem though, and it's bothered me all year. <laughs> It kind of is a problem. And I it don't kind know of why you won't just accept Isaiah Joe into your life. It is kind of one of my He's problems. He's done everything that's been asked of him and, and has been rewarded. Even the team is admitting. Because remember, early in the season, you know, he'd be lucky to get 20 minutes. Yeah. He was, he was getting like 15 to 20 minutes. Last night, 23 minutes. 23 minutes in a game that mattered, in a game that they, like, Mark decided, like, we're going to win this game. We're gonna win yeah. this game with our best players. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Um, I don't, I don't. And honestly, he he could go down as the Thunder's best free agent signing ever, if if things continue to play out like this. Yes, if if you, I know every time we have this conversation, people bring up Paul George and people bring up Lou Dort. Oh. Come on, but both of those. We're talking about traditional free agents. Traditional. Yeah. yeah. Where they have not played on the Thunder before. Yeah. They, anyone could sign them. Yeah. Although I guess that is the case with Lou Dora. You know what we're ca- talking about. Yeah, I do. Yes. I think the undrafted stuff is not free. It's not free agency. It's, it's in a, it is in a way, but I, whatever... Okay. A player that has already played on another team that we could choose. Okay. Okay. The Dort thing, I'm not I'm not calling that a free oh well, 
best free to sign loot door. Stop. Stop it right now. You're going to have to add another qualifier, though, because Paul George technically did play on another team before signing again with the Thunder. So we're going to have yeah, to figure this out. Yeah, but I don't think you can say re-signing a player is free agency. It's not. It's not. No, he was handcuffed. Um, he was handcuffed by Russ. And like that's what happened. And like that's okay. That's great. It helped the franchise tremendously. But also he won it out a year later. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> yeah, think Isaiah Joe is gonna be asking out this summer. I think he's I, I I am interested though, based on that game, because it was, you know, nationally televised, because there were a lot of eyeballs on it. One, does Presty get any calls this week about Mike Muscala? Because he was he was balling last night too. Yeah, he was. He looked great. Yeah. He had 16 points, hit four threes. I wonder if he gets any calls on Muscala or if he gets any calls on Isaiah Joe this week. Uh, Just based on I bet you uh, I bet he will. Um I think he will get calls on both of those guys. I don't think anybody's going to offer a first rounder for either one of them. And I don't think it's, it's obviously not worth just taking a second back for either of them. Yeah. Um, Cause Mike means a lot to the locker room and to like the development stuff for these players and like just taking a second back for him, for a guy. I don't think the thunder do or should take it lightly with a, like a veteran guy that actually wants to be here. You know, oh yeah, like desires to be in Oklahoma City. Like, <laughs> cried when I asked him a couple years ago about what this like being with this franchise meant to him. You can't, you cannot take that lightly. Like, you have to, you can't well, just trade that guy when for you a look second at a team, rounder. I mean, come on. When you look at a team like Houston, I was reading Kelly Eco's uh, trade piece this morning. Yeah, and just this back and forth thing with Eric Gordon. Where, like, yes, he's technically a veteran, but it's also, like, the subtext of everything around Eric Gordon is, like, as much as Houston wants veterans, they're kind of acknowledging that Eric Gordon isn't necessarily the type of veteran (laughs) that they're talking about. Yeah. Because he's already been there, and clearly it hasn't helped that much. And while he's helping them on the court, it's it he he does not appear to be playing that same role that, like, Mike Muscala or even Kenrich are playing on the Thunder. No, not even close. Not even close. Man, I was thinking about what if what if Houston had been in that spot last night? Oh. Uh, <laughs> they would have gotten dismantled. Because that was that was that was unique. It was unique, <laughs> and to see your team step up in that moment was really big. And I don't know if every team in the league would have been able to step up. Um, where just like every possession yeah. felt like there was extra weight on it. Yeah. Even though it was just like a random February regular season game. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it was, it, it definitely was that, but definitely was not that like the, the celebrities, like I just wondered like for this young team, like they'd never played in an environment like that before where every possession meant so much. And you have like the a list of a list celebrities sitting all around you and like how, how do you, how do they play? Like it honestly gave me more hope for the future, which is just so dumb <laughs> to say that. But the fact that they stepped up in a game that had so much pressure, that had so many eyes on it, 
and they clearly, just clearly were the better team. You know, yeah. like that, I thought that was meaningful, especially after losing the way they did to the Warriors. And then a week, a week ago today, they lost to the Rockets in Houston. Oh, and um, like the way that they played there, you're just like, man, th- there is some like volatility to the way the Thunder plays still. And the fact that in a moment that really did matter, they stepped up and won. I think part of it too is like they they wanted to win on national TV. Like they had their chance against the Heat, and there was some there was just some weird funny business going on in that game. Like they started Omarui in that game, and oh, the Heat game, yeah. So I had kind of blocked that game from my memory, but yeah. I was going back through the game logs. And uh, I was just, I was trying to see how last night stacked up in terms of assists. Yeah. Because they had 32 assists last night. Yeah. Um, which that ended up being their tied for fifth most this season, um, which was great. But I accidentally hit on the three point attempts um, instead. Yeah. Which reminded me that in that Miami game, they were 24 of 56. Is that right? That can't be right. Why can't that be right? Was that I, the Miami game on December fourteenth, or is that a, was that the the televised game? I believe it was right. Hold on, no, 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 was, no. that was, was in January. Game. It was in January. Okay, in January. well, I was reminded that in another game they lost to the Heat. <laughs> this one by two points. The Heat shot twenty four fifty six, which was somehow worse than what Golden State did to us the other night. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, the Clay stuff from the other night was haunting. Yeah, that that was that was miserable. Um, so LeBron had his had his moment. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was cool that Kareem was there. Obviously, sure. And I I really enjoyed that Kareem Shack uh, conversation afterwards. Yeah, because you could tell there was like something real behind that, <laughs> um, where they clearly don't like have a a long standing relationship <laughs> with each other, but they also have a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. And and Shaq seemed pretty genuine when he was talking about like you not talking to me early in my career just like fueled me and made me want to impress you. Yeah, um, which I thought was really cool because Kareem, like when you see him now, he doesn't come across as intimidating. Yeah, in that way anymore. Yeah. No, he does not. Like he actually seems like a pretty nice guy. Um, but, but then you but hear he's not. Well, that's the thing about the stories about him, I mean, Bill Simmons would always talk about this and it was, he always yeah. brought it up as like one of the reasons why Kareem got short shrift when people would talk about the greatest of all time mm-hmm. was just that he wasn't like media savvy because he didn't want to be. Yeah. I mean, clearly in his post playing career, he's been more media savvy. I mean, he has like, <laughs> you know, he writes a lot of articles. He's, he's, he's very uh, vocal and, and like has a lot of, a lot of things that he believes in and talks about. Yeah. But he he doesn't he he still doesn't like in in the media he still doesn't talk the way like some of the other legends talk. Yeah, like there's still like this kind of mystery with Kareem, which I've always kind of enjoyed because it's, it's kind of just like what makes Kareem Kareem. He's a strange guy, <laughs> but it does seem like everyone has like a kind of weird relationship with him. Like even with LeBron, when he like had that moment with him at half court, you yeah. could tell it wasn't like two guys who just like love each other and talk all. Yeah, the time. there wasn't like a big embrace, you know. Yeah. Where yeah. whereas if it was if they did have like some relationship, like LeBron was like so emo last night. 
you know. He was. And like if he had some kind of relationship with Kareem, they would have like embraced in some way. Instead, they yeah. like get, exchanged the ball and then like LeBron awkwardly didn't know where to stand when yeah. they were taking pictures and you could just tell the whole moment just felt really awkward. And it's like that's totally Kareem's fault. Like that's just the way that he operates. Yeah, and James Anderson in the chat says Shaq and Kareem are polar opposites personality-wise, which is <laughs> so true. Like if it was Shaq that he passed, if somehow Shaq was the leading scorer in NBA history, and he, there would have been like a big embrace, like yeah. between but, Shaq but I guess and like, LeBron. My point is that it doesn't come across as intentional to me by Kareem. It just seems like that's just the way he is. Like he's just not like a gregarious guy. Like trying to make people like him he just like is comfortable in his own skin just doing what he wants to do yeah. not really worried about everything yeah. around him yeah yeah it was uh it was, it was a strange moment how did you feel we i mentioned it kind of off the top but how did you feel about them like completely stopping the game you know after he scored the points and you know well doing the whole the whole song in dance? retrospect i'm so glad it happened then then like five minutes left in the fourth quarter because the the note from the league before the game was that as long as it's not within like the final minute yeah we're going to stop the game yeah and can you imagine because there was a point in that fourth quarter where, where it did still feel like the game was in balance if that had happened at a time like that i mean they were talking on the broadcast like you know 36 points is a lot of points this might come down to the end it might come at a very important time of the game like yeah thank god it didn't i know because that would have made way. it so much worse if you have to take a you know five exactly. to ten minute break because they would have done it like even with like if it was like seven minutes left and it's like a three-point game yeah and he hits the jumper to bring it within one and they stop everything you're just like oh my gosh at least you had like a full 12 minutes you know right um, yeah so so the timing ended up kind of working out. So shout out to LeBron, who at 38, you can kind of count on to get the points he needs. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of one of the craziest parts of this whole thing is that once he scored like his first 10, I think he, I think he only needed like 16 or 18 with uh, like seven minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. So you already kind of knew like, okay, he's getting it tonight. And the fact that you can even say that about a 38-year-old, like, yeah, 36 isn't going to be an issue for yeah. him tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, hit, uh, but, it hit a certain point pretty quick. They were just like, all right, this is yeah. this, this is happening. And I'm glad – I mean, as a, a Thunder observer, I'm glad that it happened with the Thunder. You know, I think that it really – it was – like, this night was not about the Thunder at all. Like, and it wasn't supposed to be. But it became one of, like, the sub – storylines of of all of this that will just kind of get carried through the rest of the week you know when people talk about lebron like they're gonna want to talk about lebron then they're gonna be like oh and the lakers suck and the thunder actually like pretty good you know like that's gonna be how this is kind of carried through the national media um like i listened to brian windhorse show this morning and that's basically what they said you know yeah because it wasn't like an ugly game like okc actually stepped up and looked good yeah Whereas, like, in that Miami game, like, if, if for some reason LeBron had been on the heat and he was going for that record and that was the game we got. Oh, like, and thank God it didn't, no one, like, happen on a free throw, too. Like, it all happened yeah. It all happened as it should have last night. Because yeah. there, there are ways that it could have. Like, you think about how points can be scored. And 
like you can score them on a free, like the worst ways, like free throw or if there technical was a free throw. Yeah, a technical free throw. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> It would have been it would have been terrible. Or like a goaltend. Like you can score points on like a goaltend. Like if Jay Will like somehow like goaltended a LeBron bucket. Like that's <laughs> yeah, the way that it happened. Like there are a lot of ways to score points in the game of basketball. And it was very it was like it was definitely like it was written. You know, like if you would have written the story about how he would have gotten it, the fact that he got it on I mean, that's. I mean, how many times have we seen that particular shot from LeBron? Like, yeah, thousands of yeah. times. The worst would have been the first free throw <laughs> of two free throws. So yeah, exactly. Throw. Then you have to stop it. Then he has to, to come go back come back ten minutes later and shoot the additional free throw. <laughs> um, but it did feel like after they had gone through the whole thing, which was fine. Like they did the video. LeBron had his little speech that. He dropped the f bomb at the end, you know. Like it was, it was fine. It was all fine. But then it did feel like okay, it's almost like a different game was starting, you know, with the feel. Yeah. Like, the feel of the crowd was completely different, even watching on television. Um, just it, the whole thing felt like a brand new game. It was like okay, now we're gonna play a twelve minute game of basketball, and it was like close enough to to where you're like, yeah, all right, let's go. Let's see who's the better team, and the Thunder. It was close. I think Rui Hachimura hit a shot to bring it within one or to tie it. And then the Thunder went on a 12 nothing run um, without Shea in the game, which I thought was just super impressive. Yeah, because earlier in the game, that second unit had kind of struggled. Um, so to see them come out and be the ones that pushed that lead back up was yeah. very nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really, really cool. Uh, okay. It's crazy that we are a day before the trade deadline. We haven't even t- mentioned it, and I don't even know if there's much to say. <laughs> well, I was going to say, let's talk about the trade deadline. Let's do that right after this quick break. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, Alex, the trade deadline is in 27, 28 hours from now. Yeah. Um, Snuck up on me. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting. Um, from a Thunder standpoint, not interesting. I don't think I. I could. We've talked about Baisley being a guy that could be dealt. Like I'm like fifty fifty on if that even happens. Um, where where are you at with regards to the trade deadline and what the Thunder could do or should do? Yeah, I mean, in trade deadlines past, even if you didn't think they were going to make a big move, you could talk yourself into okay well maybe they'll use their cap space in some way but because they're so close to the tax that type of deal just doesn't really make sense because it actually is adding real money like you saw the Dwayne Dedman deal with San Antonio where that was similar to Thunder you know for the last couple years where that was a free deal for them like they're below the salary floor so like yeah just give us Dwayne Dedman who cares right um and so those kind of deals are off the table for the Thunder. So it doesn't even feel like we're going to get a smaller deal. This, this might be, in fact, has there ever been a completely quiet? Has Presti ever gone an entire year from the beginning of the season to the trade deadline without making a trade? That's a good question. I, it doesn't, it sure doesn't feel like it, does it? It doesn't. Uh, but yeah, that doing Deadman deal, like he has 4.3 
guaranteed next year. And so in the yeah. past, you could have seen them making a deal like that. And all San Antonio got was, I think, some money and a second round pick. Yeah. So it wasn't even like that exciting. It was not exciting but, at all. Not exciting at all. Uh, but those deals are, are kind of off the table. And so with knowing that, yeah, it basically comes down to, are they going to move Bays just to you know get him open up some minutes for him somewhere else maybe? Yeah. Or I don't get the impression just... that Baisley's like that he wants to go anywhere. Like he he is engaged with the team. Yeah, yeah. We haven't heard anything, and and he could because like he's active on social media. He could put out some cryptic tweet about something i mean i asked Mascala the other night just about like how did you watch shay's all-star thing on tnt like did you and he was like well and i saw that the whole team had gathered and he said that like darius was the one who texts everybody oh really yeah like Baze was the one who gathered everybody you know for the surprise thing you know wow party Baze, party planner Baze. that's great yeah i mean He's he's still fully engaged with this team. I don't. I, I think part of him like, enjoys being here, which you know, watch like an outsider looking in, just watching the games. You feel like, why would he even want that? You know. Yeah. Um. But then, like you, I mean, just talking to players, like the players like the players really like him, and he's like fully engaged with being a teammate you know, with these guys still, you know, regardless of his role on the team. So, I mean, I just, I don't think they're just going to look to trade him just to trade him one, because I don't think he's trying to push his way out. Um, If he was, then I think they probably would, you know, if if he's just like, man, I just, I, I need to get another opportunity. I'm sure that they would, you know, help him find one. Um, But that just doesn't, from what I've, seen and observed that just does not seem to be the case um so i well in that case nothing's happening i know that's kind of how i feel too i I still wouldn't be surprised by a darius basley trade at this point i don't think you get a lot for him i mean you play a game last night that you basically just play play the guys to win and he doesn't play like that's sends a pretty clear message to me um so I, I do think that you can look at the roster and say, like, yeah, we kind of like all of these guys. And they can even just let Baisley walk in free agency. You know, like, you don't have to get a protected second for him. Right. You know, there, there might not even be one of those available. And if that's the case, you might as well just keep him, see if you can even do a sign and trade for a trade exception in the summer, you know. Like at the like, just get a tiny trade exception and just move on. Like that, that might be something that you would do if you're the Thunder. Um, so I'm I'm not convinced that they're going to do anything or be involved in any way, just because they don't. And like they have the they have the favors TPE, which is ten million around ten million. Yeah, but it lasts till but, October. Well, but also if they absorb someone into that, that would push them over the tax, so it would necessitate another deal. To then yeah, get back under yeah, the tax. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's why you, not as easy. That's why you would that's why you could use that this summer, you know. Yeah. The TPE and not necessarily use it now. So what do you think about the uh 
that James Wise, John Hollinger wrote an article on The Athletic talking about uh, the Warriors, mm -hmm. but he did the math. And if they moved off of James Wiseman yeah. for nothing, yeah, like they crazy. got back a pick or something, yeah. they would save $131 million between this season and next season. They, they'd immediately save around $50 million this year and then even more next year, which it's hard to do next year exactly because we don't know if they're going to sign Dream on or whatever. But it'll it could be like around 131 million. <laughs> and I know that like all these guys are rich and like uh, who cares and why are you watching other guys' pockets? But that's a lot of money. That's crazy. That's a lot for of a money. guy who doesn't play in the rotation. Can you imagine that scenario in Oklahoma City like back in the tax days if there was a player that was contributing that heavily to the tax and wasn't playing at all? They'd be gone. They'd be gone. And at this point, if you're the Warriors, like you have to pay somebody to take him. You know that, yeah. Which, which means they're probably not going to move him yeah. before tomorrow. Yeah, probably not. Because which it's, is just wild. Like the I mean, value with him, pro proposition is just not there. Like you can't get you can't get a player back. I mean, the Thunder would laugh about, and the, the Thunder aren't trading Kenrich Williams. Like I can't say that enough. But if they were trading him. Like the Thunder would laugh at the idea of a James Wiseman for Kenrich Williams trade. Just like, no, yeah. like, what are you talking about? And it feels like for him and Moody, like, when is it going to get better, though? Like, what is the scenario where those guys increase their value? They would have, to, they would just have to get better. <laughs> it's the only way that it happens. But I mean, like, the, you know, we, we saw James Wiseman because we were getting blown out, but. Yeah. And Moody played a little bit in that game. But man, for those guys to get consistent minutes to the point where another team would be like, okay, I'm I'm ready to buy in on one of these guys for an actual good return. It just doesn't feel like that's happening either. No. I mean, it, the only way I could see it is if like they both train like crazy hard in the off season and just like become actual rotation pieces where they just play even if they only played 10 minutes a night and you're like but you can point to it and be like hey look yeah. he's actually contributing and i think that he could spread his wings somewhere but like you can't even see that like there's not even that i know for either and, one and the them. fact that none of the like real the, like because i don't know if i consider okc in like the true rebuild mode anymore we are just trying to like acquire young assets and try people out yeah um the fact that none of those teams are like falling over themselves to try to go get these guys just to try them out. Like for instance, like the Utah jazz. Yeah. They, they have Jared Van Vanderbilt and apparently are open to trading him. Like the fact that they're not offering him up for Moses Moody, mm -hmm. for instance, to just bring in and see what you got. Yeah. And maybe a deal like that happens, but it's just weird. I would just man. rather have a pick. Than either one of those guys. I would just rather have a pick. What kind of pick, Andrew? I don't care. You don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> you don't even care what the pick is. I don't even care. Doesn't even need to be for the NBA. Nope. You, you just, just want a pick. Just give me a guitar pick. I'll be fine. Wow. Um, I mean, I still have a little hope for Moody. And yeah. And I, I would still just like to see these guys on another team. Like yeah. Just send them to Houston for the rest of the season. Just not... don't do that to them. Don't do that. Send them to get at least get sent them to Charlotte. <laughs> sure, where yeah, they have like actual coaching and an actual point guard. Like send them there. I I could see them. They would play a lot there, 
And so, like, let's just see what they are. You Maybe know? not. If, if they got to get off Mason Plumlee first. Maybe, maybe Plum Dog. Maybe Plum Dog goes to goes back to the Warriors. Okay. Okay. You know, because I did see. I, I forget who the report was yesterday, but they were talking about the idea of packaging those two guys. Yeah. In an attempt to get a rotation player back, and uh, Plum Dog is a might be about as good as you can do right now. Yeah, that's really sad. That is like really, really sad. I mean, we like Plum Dog, but. I mean, that would be like the equivalent of like, as far as like the picks go, it'd be like trading Chet and J-Dub for Plum Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that is so bad, man. That is so, so bad that they couldn't capitalize. Like you had, you had this like golden chance to select it. At least we can eat we, whatever to the Moody pick. Like that's fine. Like I, I'm kind of with you. I still believe that Moody has a chance to make it in the league. He's still super young, and he can shoot. So, like, yeah, like I'll give that guy a chance. But you had this, like, golden opportunity with the number two pick with still your entire roster intact, and you just blow it because – and it and that's a it was a hard draft, too, to analyze because it's the COVID year. You don't even have the draft in person. Like, you have this like – it was such a weird year. For the draft um but i mean they they blew it significantly by taking him and it and you know he's seven one two thirty or whatever he is got the crazy long wingspan you know didn't play a whole lot at memphis but when he did like just kind of tore it up like yeah you could you could see why like the physically why you would want to take a guy like that but um you know that's a problem that's a problem and that's and that was where apparently ownership had a huge huge thing you know and you look at the warriors and the bob myers situation like one of the biggest differences between sam pressing and bob myers is ownership that exists above them and like what they're doing you know when when the uh, when the owner of the warriors is doing his own scouting and is yeah. stepping in and like wanting to like be a part of the decision making group like man like can you imagine clay bennett like bringing his big board to sam presti and saying like this is who i think we should take like thank god no <laughs> you know like that's that is like one of the problems with like the warriors and like why they are where they are today cuz like if they took even if they were just like yeah we just need a, a big defensive wing that can shoot and they like took pat williams at two like that would have been a stretch but like pat williams would help the warriors like a lot right now like you don't even have to go to Lamelo, who like should have been the guy for them um and it's not like this was some great draft but like even getting pat williams and i'm not and a lot of people like well they should have taken tyrese halliburton like no one was taking tyrese halliburton at two like that was just not gonna happen um but yeah, just to to fumble the second pick like that, it's just it's devastating, and it leaves them in such a weird spot where John Hollinger's writing a piece about how you could save 150 million dollars by trading away the number two pick who just can't contribute. You know, it's just yeah, uh, it's wild. Um, yeah, it, it it takes a lot to kind of recognize a sunk cost and 
and to make that move like i recognize that that must be really hard when you choose a guy that high yeah and you're obviously choosing him that high because you really believe in him Mm -hmm. and then to come to the reality that it might not work out or at least might not work out with you yeah and then to move on from that guy like I mean, this is why Okafor stayed around in Philly for so long. Yeah. But then there was someone like Anthony Bennett where like multiple teams in a row made the decision evaluation. Like, okay, this, this isn't going to work. He didn't play his full rookie contract. I know. Yeah. But like he got traded to Minnesota in that deal for K-Love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And like they kept him, they played him 57 games and he was already gone. Yeah. 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 They were, they were totally out. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't think the Rockets are in like the same space with Jalen Green, just because I think. Green no, I mean can, he's been way more productive, he can, even if it's been inefficient. He's he can been, really play, but yeah. also you look at like, man, Evan Mobley would be pretty great. <laughs> Death yeah. Instead, but it's not quite the. You you can still feel hope for a guy like Jalen Green. Um. No, I think the thing that's scary about those type of guys is like, okay, they're clearly productive. They're yeah. clearly going to be in the league a long time. <laughs> Am I going to have to pay them a lot of money simply because of that yeah. and not because they're actually going to be a winning player long-term? And you just Dude. don't know yet. And Dude. when are you going to know? You probably won't know before he's up for his max extension, which he'll probably just get because he was a second pick and he's been productive. Yeah. No, I mean, he... he he is going to get the max extension. Like yeah. he's going to get it. Um, and I don't know if they're ready for that, but, um, Oh, last thing before we go, did you, did you watch the rising stars draft on, uh, I did not. I saw that you were tweeting about it in midday. So I was like, Oh, it must not be a busy day for Andrew. He's able to tweet all of these picks. out. <laughs> yeah. It was complete psycho behavior on my part. I, I actually, Dave DeFore and I were set to record and I texted him and said, can I just watch this Rising Stars draft first? Like a complete oh, no. psychopath. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, it was, it was cool. It was fun. <laughs> Darren Williams, man, before it started, was talking about how he, he admitted on this little broadcast, it was on that, the NBA app, but he just freely admitted that I don't have league pass and I haven't watched these. I haven't watched much of these guys (laughs) this year (laughs) before he went into it. And then he proceeds to take Shangun and Jalen green, which is just like high comedy for me. It was just really funny. Um, And meanwhile, Jabari is going to get a play with uh, Giddy and J-Dub. Yeah. Jabari went 16th in this draft, which was quite late in the draft. Like, Jose Alvarado went before him. Um, Josh Giddy went fourth overall in the draft. Uh, J-Dub went ninth. They're both on Team Noah. That which, was a steal for J-Dub at nine. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a steal. Um, yeah, I think I think that Joachim Noah's team is going to be really fun to watch. Um, it's all meaningless stuff. Like, it's like who cares like where these guys are picked or who picks them and whatnot. Um, but it was just kind of fun to watch those guys to, uh, to do it. J- uh, Jared Greenberg was the, uh, the, the guy that was hosting it and he was perfect. He was awesome in it. 
Um, whose name? There's somebody's name that was mispronounced. I'm trying to remember who it was. And it was definitely mispronounced by Jay Will, who just was <laughs> strangely clueless throughout the... Oh, he... He pronounced he put he took Franz Wagner second in the draft, but called him Franz Wagner, oh, um, which was just like oh my gosh! Like he like he freely admitted that he didn't watch, and then ob- like obviously is not paying attention to what's right. going on. If you're calling him Franz Wagner, like as a uh, Magic fan, you have to be excited that like Paulo got picked first and Franz got picked second, but. You have to feel a little less good about it whenever he called him Franz Wagner. But to Jared Greenberg's credit, he was like, he corrected him immediately. And I was like, thank you. Oh, that's thank good. Um, but yeah, the Rising Stars uh, challenge will be really fun uh, next Friday night, right? Should be really fun. Yeah, and you're going. I'll be there. I'll be there live and in person watching the game. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, it should be, it should be fun. Uh, all right. Feel it does feel any, weird being any last bold prediction, Andrew. Give me a big name that's going to move tomorrow. Oh man, a big name that's going to move tomorrow. Russell Westbrook. Is that a big enough name for you? I guess. <laughs> I guess that'll have to do. Okay, how many? How many of the four Raptors guys, Fred VanVleet, OG, Gary Trent Jr., Siakam, are on Raptors on Friday? How many of those four? I think. I think two of those guys get moved. Okay. I think I think Gary Lord Trent and Fred VanVleet get moved. That's exciting. Yeah, I think both those guys get moved. I'm not I mean maybe somebody will come with a just a dumb offer for OG. You know. That's Well, I think that's I, what I, it would take. I forgot who him. wrote it, but the idea that uh Kyrie moving and now KD being in limbo may have cooled the OG offers down a little bit if those same teams would just rather pursue KD this summer True. or whenever he potentially becomes available. Yeah. I thought that was a good point. Yeah. What and too bold, bad. What too if bad my bold prediction is Durant getting moved? That's your bold prediction. In the next 24 hours. Kevin Durant. Wow. That'd wow. be pretty uh, wild. I did this, so I did this fake be- trade video, which you can go watch the athletic NBA show. We started a YouTube channel like a couple weeks ago. Um, You can go watch this on, just search the Athletic NBA show. Uh, Dave DeFore and I did, I I came up with eight fake trades for Kevin Durant. And it's just so interesting to think about because like there's no real favorite in the West. You know, like there's no, there's not even like a great team in the West, like a really good team in the West. They just don't exist. If any of those teams got Durant, I think they would instantly be the favorite. Um, so I just think it's very interesting. Like New Orleans, Memphis, Phoenix, like any of those teams, if they could somehow get a hold of Kevin Durant at the trade deadline, I think it would instantly make them the favorites. Um, and right now, like who who are you picking out West right now to, to win it, to win the West? I feel like you have to pick the Nuggets. Like what what other team... Like I, we watched the Clippers this week, everything is so hard for them. It's so it's this. They're one of them, along with Miami, are like two of the roughest watches in the league. They are, but I can't even tell you like what they do well. Having, they what having they do well them. is they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. 
But even those guys, like especially towards the end of that game against the Nets, I was just like not impressed. They did enough to get you there, but like they just their offense is just it like exists in like the from like mid range to three point range. Like they just can't yeah. get to the hoop. I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know who else I would pick. I mean, I'm not going to pick Sacramento. I'm not going to pick Memphis right now. Memphis could make a trade that would change my mind, but I'm not yeah, going to pick them. I know. I, th- I feel like I have to pick Denver. And if Denver makes any type of move for a rotation player, which they potentially could do with Bones Highland, yeah, if, if he has some interest around the league, yeah, that that would really make me feel good about them. Yeah, Dar- back to Darren Williams, who was just atrocious in this in this little draft. He picked Bones Highland. He's like a guy who's a big part of what they're doing in Denver. Bones Highland. It's like, bro, like he's actively on the trade block and has gotten DNPs recently. Like, what are you talking? Yeah, and about? it's like actually kind of awkward. Yeah, things are not good there. Uh, uh, it's so weird, man. It's so so weird. Um, but yeah, I, I. I guess I, I I just my pick for the West right now is I don't have a pick for the West. Like I want to see what happens tomorrow, uh, and then I may not even have a real. That's that's what will be exciting, is like yeah I I think Denver is the most likely, but when you look at like their statistical profile, like they don't profile as a team that gets out of the West. Um, so I just the West playoffs could be pretty wild. Like I just don't. I don't know how you pick it. Um, Especially when the Thunder are in it. Especially when the Thunder are in it. When the Thunder are in it. Um, how, are you, how are you feeling about the Thunder today? They sit at 11th currently, a half game back of Utah. Um, yeah, I'm not super worried about Utah. I mean, we'll learn a lot about Utah uh, tomorrow. They're likely to trade away pieces that have been helping them. They have been helping them. So really the only team – in terms of that last spot, because I've given up on the Lakers. I mean, we'll we'll see. Maybe if they make a big move tomorrow, I'll feel differently. But they're yeah. five games under five hundred. They have. It's. it's I watch them. They're they're not good. So it's really just <laughs> comes down to the Blazers and Thunder in that case. I know, and pretty wild. Next Friday, they're going to be here. The Thunder. I will hopefully be at the game. I'm still looking for uh, reasonable price tickets. Um. So yeah, it comes down to those two teams. You look at this the statistical profile of these two teams. The Thunder are 13th in net rating. The Blazers are 20th in net rating. The Thunder are 12th in defense. The Blazers is it's not good. 27th in defense. And then offensive rating, which is the Blazers are 5th in offense. Like that's great. Thunder are 15th. But a team that's like trying to scrap and win, like you'd rather them have the the better defense than offense. To like it's wild how a year ago these same games were, felt so important against the Blazers because of the reverse standings. Oh, I know. And a year later, <laughs> one year same later. games are still super important for the complete opposite reason. The opposite way. Yeah, I'm gonna get to go to a Thunder game and in Portland and actually cheer for my home team and not the other team. Yeah. I won't be cursing Isaiah Roby <laughs> this time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was terrible. That was just awful. I'm glad it worked out for the Thunder anyways. <laughs> that was awful. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, enjoy the trade deadline. We will have another podcast for you guys recapping everything. Even if the Thunder don't do anything, we're going to recap the trade deadline on Friday morning. So 
look out for that. If something does happen, we'll pop on here and do an emergency pod. I don't know what the level of emergency pod would have to be. Is there is a is a Darius Baisley for a second round pick enough for an emergency pod? I would say no. A little a little ten, fifteen minute one. Yeah, we could do a little ten minutes on the, the history of Darius Baisley with the Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, if it's anything like smaller where they take a contract for a second, that's that wouldn't be However, if they like renegotiate some pick protections, yeah, we're hopping on. Yeah, we're gonna gonna get dorky. Um, All right, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.